Well, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Seacoast Worship Podcast, where we talk about the what we do, the how we do it, and the why we do it here at Seacoast. My name is Nate Davis, and I'm your host. And wherever you find yourself listening to this podcast, if you are in your car, on a treadmill, at your office, whatever, man, we are so thankful that you have jumped in with us. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking with Garrett Abel, who is the pastor of Seacoast Music, and we're going to get into what we think is a pretty hot topic, popular topic, and that is uh, developing an original music culture. So let's get over to the interview with Garrett. All right, let's get into it. All right, more than obviously being a co-worker uh, here at the church, Garrett is a friend. Um, we share a wall in the offices, and uh, he just brings an incredible amount of wisdom. Uh, so Garrett, tell us what you do here at the church. So I am the pastor of Seacoast Music, and what that is specifically, it's different than Seacoast Worship. Seacoast Worship is the worship ministry of Seacoast Church. Seacoast Music oversees the songwriting and recordings of Seacoast Church and Seacoast Worship and everything in between, um, some um, outside events, etc. And I lead worship on the weekends, and that is a my first priority and a big part of my job, probably 20% of my time maybe. And then the rest of the time is Monday through Thursday in the office uh, working with new songs, uh, new song creation albums, uh, with many different ministries in our church. And, uh, yeah, that's the general idea. Tell us how long you've been in this current position. I don't remember, maybe three and a half years or so. So what about before that? I was a staff worship leader and, um, we did not have quite as large of a staff at the time. So the staff worship leaders were, more expected. Everyone was working on the weekends, on big events. And then you also did, we did songwriting and recording on the side as like whenever we could fit it in. Mm -hmm. Um, Recently, in the last three or four years, I suppose, we have been able to specialize a little bit more. And um, for instance, you handle a lot more of the weekend stuff. You are as Seacoast Music, or sorry, as Mount Pleasant Campus Worship Pastor, Mm -hmm. you handle that stuff and your team and I sit in my office and work on totally different things throughout the week and then show up and lead worship uh, under your amazing leadership. Uh, so kind, so kind. Um, so basically, you, in the past three years, um, I've watched you, but also uh, tell us a little bit about just how you're creating an original music culture. Uh, I've been around Seacoast for probably 15 years. How long have you been? Uh, Almost 12. Okay. So, like he said, for we've always done recordings. Um, a lot of the early recordings were like a, just we recorded a live uh, worship set, and it was typically all cover songs. Um, we would maybe drop in one or two originals along the way, but there's always been a, a very underground writing culture here 
but I would say in the past few years at Garrett's leadership, has it really been put out in front to where we're really giving this a go? So talk about um, when you, you took the position a few years ago, what were some of your first steps to get that as a priority in in our culture and make that shift? So I believe that in order to do anything in this realm, you have to first have the talent and creativity for it, and it has to be there, evident at all. And then you need discipline and structure to uh, help it to be birthed. And I think that we had that talent. Um, at that time, definitely Martin Chalk was leading the way for us for songwriting. He was teaching me how to write worship music, and he was mentoring many people and trying to bring them up as songwriters. And as that has multiplied, we've been able to expand on having more writers that are gifted in that area. And then at that point, you have to schedule it and nurture it and encourage it as much as you can. So we would write every Thursday and keep that going as much as possible. And at some point, you just record things until you figure out if it's good or not. I love how Pastor Greg always says, if you think you're a leader, look behind you. Is anyone following you? Mm -hmm. And I think that way a lot in our songs. And the reality is we can write music and the re we can you know play it on the weekends or record it. But if no one is listening to it or becoming engaged or in, in what we would believe is connecting with God in that moment, then it's not a very good song. Mm -hmm. And I've just noticed we have good songs. Um, they might not be the number one song in the world, but we have songs that move people in worship. And I believe that that's uh, a reason why you would then put more resource into it and more time into it and see what else God can do with new songs and uh, more songs. And so anyway, it's really just, uh, do you have any good songs? And I believe that we do. So that's why you put resource into it and structure and, you know, see what God does. You know, like you said earlier, we can do it, but only God's going to bless it. Mm, that's good. How would you say it is important? Um, obviously, I can feel like I can answer this question um, just to have you speak into it. Um, is leadership buy-in? So, you know, executive leadership pastors, uh, lead pastors, all those things. How important is the buy-in for this to be a reality? Well, it's all of it, really, because they're the ones who are leading the charge, not only on the weekends and in their messages, but during the week in the offices and whatnot. Uh, not to mention, just on a logistical standpoint, they help control the resources. And there's a lot of this that you can do with low amounts of resource, but at the same time, if you're trying to really make an impact and a difference, you have to hustle and you have to work really hard at increasing those resources so that you have the ability to reach more people, mm -hmm. which is really the goal. It's not necessarily the numbers of albums sold or something, but you want to see more people who write a Facebook post to say, man, when I listened to that song, it changed my perspective on this, or I felt connected to God, or you know, it moved me in this way. And that's where you find, um, you know, for a songwriter or someone involved in this, you find uh, much more joy in it because at this point in life, we're not doing this to become famous. We're doing this because we really, really enjoy worshiping God and seeing other people have life change because of it. 
And here at Seacoast, Pastor Greg and Pastor Josh are incredible in being our biggest fans. And I don't mean that as a ooh-ah Beatles fan as much as an encouragement. And they're not the type of, of pastors that micromanage. They love what you're doing. They see it. They encourage it. They bless it. And they say, go and be fruitful. And that's fun to see, um, especially because it might not be the exact style of music that one of them would pick at any time, you know, but they love seeing the fruition of what is coming from it. So I think it's very, very important. Yeah, that's good. My Some of my favorite moments when we're in, even I love them now, but say we've done a new song and Pastor Greg pops by the office that following week and he'll say, Hey, who uh, that that one song from the weekend? Uh, who 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 did that one? And it's a joy to be able to say, "Oh, that's an original," and to watch him smile and say, "I like that one. That's a good one." Mm-hmm. Or even um, on a weekend uh, when we haven't done an original, but we introduce a new song, uh, Bethel Hillsong Elevation, whoever, and they begin to ask, "Oh, is this is this another original of ours?" Um, to me, that's just a great, that's a great feeling. Uh, it just means that we're improving as songwriters and, uh, yeah, our leadership is excited about it. I have heard Pastor Josh say he's always believed that there is an anointing on our house to write. And to hear that from your leadership, uh, to say that they believe that and that they're pushing us and encouraging us to do it, uh, just makes it that much more exciting. And additionally, recently he has said that he believes that Worship is one of the next big momentum pushes mm-hmm. coming out of our church. And for me, being you know pastor of Seco's Music, that is extremely encouraging. And I think about that every day when I'm sitting in the office, even if I'm grinding over, you know, creating a graphic or if I'm, you know, about to post something online or if we're having to work very hard at scheduling some, you know, studio time that isn't really working out something. I just keep reminding myself that he's had this prophetic word for us. And uh, good. who are we to stop that? You know, we're That's just going to lean into that and push hard. Yeah. All right. Last question. What do you think? Sorry, not what do you think? Do you think that songwriting original music should be a pursuit of every church worship ministry? No. I think it could be. And I don't mean to uh, discourage anyone in that. But at the same time, we only have so much time on this planet to be a blessing to others in the ways that God has created us and gifted us. And I know for a fact that not every single worship leader who blesses their congregation with leading worship in spirit and truth on the weekends is gifted in writing. And I feel like because of the way that worship music and culture is where it's kind of crossing the line with pop culture. It's very exciting to see all the possibilities of, you know, what can come from writing some great songs and having your name up on a billboard or something. But the reality is we're called to be worship leaders Mm -hmm. and there are songwriting churches and songwriting worship leaders. And we're just growing in that as well. But I do not think that every worship leader in every church should be pursuing songwriting because the same reason if you are an incredibly gifted singer and that's how you're blessing your church you shouldn't be beating yourself up because you're not also playing drums 
there is a drummer out there somewhere yeah, who good. wants to serve in your church in the drums. And so you should sing and lead worship and be a blessing in that. If you want to learn how to play drums, that's fine. But I just feel like God has wired us all differently and we cannot, you know, shake our fist at God for not blessing us in the one really cool way of songwriting when we're still leading our congregation effectively in worship. I think that that's good enough. Man, I couldn't couldn't agree more. Seriously. Well, Garrett, thank you, man, for hanging out with us. Uh, guys, we are done for our episode today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and listening. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. That way, when we put out new episodes, you don't have to go find them. They'll just drop right into that podcast inbox. If you are enjoying this podcast and wouldn't mind taking the time to leave a review on iTunes, that would be incredible. The song featured on the podcast today is a single out by Seacoast Worship called How Beautiful. You can find that on a digital download and streaming platforms. Well, guys, again, my name is Nate Davis, and thank you so much for hanging out with me today. On behalf of myself and Seacoast Worship, have a great week, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>